Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What has God given you to do? What assignment has He placed on your table? What giftings, abilities, what resources? What has he endowed you with? They're his, they're all his. And so you as a believer say, Lord, it's all yours. And I I give it to you and I will serve you, Lord. God has assignments. And you know when those assignments are completed? God rewards. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Today, Pastor Ed continues his study on the importance of being prepared for Christ's return. He helps listeners gain a better perspective by living in readiness for Jesus' coming. It can be easy in the world today to be distracted by so many material things that seem so valuable. The truth is, everything belongs to the Lord. He is at work daily to provide opportunities for those who are willing to serve Him. How can you better use your time and resources to fulfill His calling on your life? Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, watchful preparation for the coming King. Building in faith. What he's doing is using a negative illustration to teach a positive truth. He is saying, here's someone who had their house broken into, and if they had been ready, the house would never have been broken into. The Bible tells us that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. That means he'll come at an unexpected moment. We don't know when he's going to come, but we live in this state of readiness. Now, that doesn't mean anxiousness. There's a difference. There's a calm confidence, a strong assurance when you're just waiting on the king and you're ready for his return. What happens is, I believe if you were to read this text and you would ask the disciples in the first century, if you could go back, Peter, when's the Lord coming? Paul, when's the Lord coming? Any day now, any day now. If you were to go and speak to the church fathers, the disciples of the early apostles, and you were to talk to Polycarp, and you were to talk to those other, he's gonna come any hour now, it'll be in any moment. If you were to go back to the 20th century and just go back a a little over 100 years at Azusa Street, and there were prophetic words given out as the Holy Spirit was poured out on Azusa Street and around the world, prophetic words were given, he's coming soon, he's coming soon, he's coming soon, and you were to ask them, is he coming, when is it, any hour now, Now, if you were to go back and tell the disciple, well, it's going to be a couple of millenniums. If you were to go back to Azusa Street, well, it's not going to be in the 20th century, perhaps the 21st century. How might they have responded? How might Jesus want us then to interpret his words? I believe what he was saying is that he can come at any moment and we are to think, Lord, it could be tonight. No, it may not be, and I won't put down the date, 
but I'll live with an expectancy because you know what God often does do? He comes to us. And sometimes he visits nations, he visits people. Sometimes they know it and they receive it, but sometimes they simply don't. I think about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem when they missed the hour that the prophets of the Old Testament had predicted for centuries. And he wept over Jerusalem, oh, that you would know the day of your visitation. I think about the time that Jesus, on Easter Sunday, appeared to the disciples, and Thomas wasn't there, and he missed it. And along with that, his faith sort of was stagnated until he would have an encounter. Uh, So many times God comes and we can get it and we can miss it. The Reformation, when God was endeavoring to reform and revive the church under Martin Luther, there were many that saw it and recognized it and saw the hand of God, but there were many who didn't. I think about the first and second great awakening in the United States where revival came. There were those who were in the midst of that and they recognized it and God met them in special ways. I think about your life. There are times that God has spoken to you about the brevity of your existence. Some person early on in those years passed away and you think, Life is so short. And if you treasure the voice of God in that incident, you live the rest of your days with a sense of being ready. There are times that God speaks to us in indelible ways, but we have to guard our hearts so that the memory remains because many people start well. It's not how you start, it's how you really end the race. And Jesus was concerned that we would all recognize that we are pilgrims just passing through, journeying through this present life and we live with this sense that the Lord is going to come and someday he is going to return. But we live with the sense, well, it could be my, it could be today. Could be in my lifetime. But what if Jesus doesn't come in the 21st century and this is the 22nd century? What if, like those early disciples or that 20th century believers, these verses apply to us because we live with this sense of expectancy because someday all of us are going to meet Him, all of us are going to see Him, and we must be ready. Be ready, be ready for his return. There's a passage of scripture in the Psalms, or rather in Revelation first. In Revelation 3, 20, it says this. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. How many times has the spirit of the Lord How many times has Christ come to us and knocked? And because we weren't ready, we weren't watching, we missed a time of intimacy and fellowship with God that would have changed and transformed our life. In Psalm 105, verse 4, 
Keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for the signs of his presence. Be alert for the signs of his presence. There are times, there have been times where God has given to individuals a prophetic word and a word of instruction and direction. And there are times their ears have been closed and their hearts have been hardened and they have fallen back into the old self and they've missed God. But oh, that we would say, we are ready, Lord. We're gonna receive the King when he comes. We're ready to hear your voice. We're ready to respond to you. We're ready to do your will. We're ready, O oh Lord. Speak. To live for God, one must live with God. Oh, circle that, write that down. To live for God, you must live with God. There must be this sense of living with God. It's not only a Sunday morning experience, it's a Monday through Saturday experience. It's not only a a midst of a revival service, it is 24-7 walking with God, meeting with God. God calls us to be attentive so that we will be prepared. But he also goes on to explain something more. We must be faithful to the king. Peter asks the question, there's crowds around and he wants Jesus to clarify the parable he had just told. So Peter, in verse 41, Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, here's his answer, and he answers in a parable. Who then is the faithful? Who then is the faithful? If you want to be a faithful man or woman of God, if you want to be that type of servant that God calls faithful, here's your response. You have to be a devoted servant. In verses 42 to 43, the Lord answered, who then is faithful and wise manager who the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. What he's saying here is again, it's not how you start, it's how you end. It's not how you begin, it's how you conclude. And so this servant that he uses in this parable is someone who began well and finished well. He protected his heart. He guarded his thoughts. He walked carefully knowing that God was watching, observing him. And and that this man did a good job. You could see that, well, he was going to be a faithful Servant, he did it with excellence. He was devoted, he was committed to complete the task given to him. What has God given you to do? What assignment has he placed on your table? What giftings, abilities, what resources? What has he endowed you with? They're his, they're all his. And so you as a believer say, Lord, it's all yours. And I I give it to you and I will serve you, Lord. 
God has assignments. And you know when those assignments are completed? God rewards. God rewards. Earlier in the first parable that Jesus told, he said, when they're prepared for the manager, the owner, the master to come back from the marriage banquet, and they're ready to open the door and they welcome him and they're ready to serve him, he just turns the tables and he serves them. See, God will come to you and meet your deepest needs. He will come to you and minister to you. He will come to you and serve you. Uh, You might say, listen, if I serve God, who's going to serve me? If I do this for God, how am I going to be ministered to? If I make these sacrifices, he'll always, always, always make sure his children are cared for. He'll do it in numerous ways. But here... The master serves the servants. What a picture. It reminds me of Jesus in the upper room washing his disciples' feet. It reminds me of Jesus serving his followers. One day, there's going to be a master banquet table. It's going to be a banquet table where the people of God are gathered at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there at the marriage supper of the Lamb, they're going to rejoice. And they are going to feast with Jesus. What a, what a banquet that will be. But Jesus said here in verse 44, I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. See, God, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. So he looks at the devoted servant, but then he looks at the servant who is exploitive the exploitive servant. Now suppose a servant says to himself, my master has taken a long time in coming. And then he begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and to drink and to get drunk. Something happens. The timing isn't what that person expected. And, and, and the Lord seems to, well, he didn't come when he thought he would come. And things are going on for a long time. And, and, and just... Waiting and the years are passing and and his ardor diminishes, his faithfulness diminishes, his devotion diminishes. And what he begins to do is he begins to use the resources that the master left for himself. One translation translates, he begins to party. You see, the misuse of resources, he begins to forget it's about God not about him. It's about God, not about us. If we are faithful to remember that, if we are faithful to do that, God will compensate us more than we could ask, think, or imagine. He will reward in ways that you could never even imagine. Then there's something else that happens. The servant abuses relationships. It sees that uh, he begins to mistreat people that he's responsible for. And then God is going to take account of that and judge that. See, God watches leadership very, very carefully. God watches whether it's a deacon, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a parachurch leader, whether it's somebody in a 
any type of leadership position. How do we treat others? God watches. Now it also goes the other way. God watches the way followers treat leaders. There's accountability. And the Bible teaches that this exploitive servant was going to be punished. Look at verse 46. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he's not aware, he will cut him to pieces. Just cut him in half. You lived a double life? Okay, I'll cut you in half. And look what happens to this person. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with what? Unbelievers. See, that's why our theology is Arminian. There's so many passages like this that teach that a person can wander from the household of faith and lose their relationship with God. Don't take your relationship with God for granted. Don't think that you can play with the enemy and somehow not walk on thin ice. There was a man who preached the gospel, who prayed for the sick, and they were healed, genuinely healed. He cast out devils, but something happened in his heart, and the devil entered him, and he went out and hung himself. You know his name, Judas. We have to watch our hearts at all times. All of us, none of us are exempt. We don't sometimes recognize that God gives us grace not to live in disgrace. Amazing grace is transforming grace. God is a consuming fire. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I know it doesn't sound comfortable in our ears in a culture that has molded God into someone who simply condones everything they want to do but it is a biblical truth that we will give an account to God and I pray and I believe that God is raising up in these last moments voices that will go out throughout the land calling people back to the kingdom, calling people back to repentance. I understand that people want everything packaged in positive ways, and I think that's a good thing to do, but you cannot negate the thou shalt nots. You cannot negate the judgment of God. If you live in a bubble, that bubble will be bursted on the judgment day. It is better now to know the truth than to find out then you've been wrong. Hallelujah. In Luke 12, 48, it says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. God has a scale of accountability. Now, it is amazing 
If you will trust God, what he will do for you. If you'll believe God. You know, in the area of preaching, homiletics, it's what they call in the seminary, but it's it's referring to preaching. There was a man by the name of John Broadus. He taught in a very small seminary in Greenville, South Carolina, and in 1865, he taught, and there were very few students in the school at that time, his major teaching load was in New Testament, but he taught also the area of homiletics. He had one student in his class. Now, he didn't cancel the class. He didn't just simply say, well, I'm not going to teach the course. And that one student he had in class was blind. And so what John Broadus did was he very carefully, slowly, methodically taught this man preaching. And he wrote out those lectures. And later in 1970, 1870 rather, it was put into a book form. That book had a powerful impact on America. It became a standard in preaching until probably 1960s, about a hundred years, and it deeply influenced the pulpits of our land. Not only did it influence our country, but all Latin America. It influenced and impacted the way preachers presented and taught the gospel. It was said to be the most influential book in Latin America when it came to the area of a manual for preaching. There he was, working with a blind man, only one student, giving his time. Reverend Judson was a missionary who went to Burma. And there he worked diligently and he spent 38 years of his life. At the end of the 38 years, there were between 12 and 20 converts. 12 to 20 people who believed in Christ and the end of 38 years. But he had translated the Old and the New Testament into Burmese. 150 years later, they were celebrating the translation of the scripture. And someone asked uh, a man by the name of Matthew, who was a Burmese man, do you know, do you know about Reverend Judson? And he just began to cry. He said, we know him. We know how we love the Burmese people, how he suffered for the gospel because of us, out of love for us. He died a pauper, but he left us the Bible. When he died, there were few believers. But then he went on to say, but today there are over 600,000 believers. And every single one of us traces our spiritual heritage to that man. Jesus said, If you will serve him faithfully, maybe people don't know about it. Maybe people don't see. Maybe they don't recognize it. But he does. He promises to bless every faithful servant. 
and He will reward you beyond what you could possibly imagine. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restored.